All right, let's carry this wave onto the next story, which I think plays off nicely um, with what we were just talking about, which is what kind of pressure does it take for a business to say, I am going to make a decision that is actively uh, cutting into my potential profits because I believe in said message or said value more than I do my bottom line. And this is being exemplified um, very uniquely with CrossFit. So CrossFit as a company right now is on a very slippery slope. There are several different main takeaways I want to take from this story to talk with you all about. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first one that we're going to unpack is how to approach dealing with social issues as the leader of a company or even just as a brand entirely. So the future of CrossFit is on a slippery slope for two main reasons. The first one is some insensitive, rather uh, racist commentary from their CEO. And the second is kind of a broader shift in uh, gyms and gym usage because of COVID-19. CrossFit is getting double hit. So uh, this week, these issues have come to a head. I'm going to go ahead and break down the CEO commentary first because it's definitely like the most dramatic. Uh, But I think there's a lot to take away from this for other businesses. So uh, this morning, June 10th, CEO Greg Glassman of CrossFit stepped down officially. So he's no longer the CEO. The stepping down comes in response to a set of statements he was alleged to have said, as well as some statements that are very clearly attributed to him because they were tweets. Uh, They were rather racist, rather insensitive. So amid nationwide protests in support of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, many brands and companies have taken turns crafting statements in varying degrees of support for the movement, uh, ranging from superficial to incredibly specific And many sports brands, including the NFL, who uh, walked back on their um, protests and and kneeling, uh, I guess, uh, standards, which, you know, I guess some could see as like, wow, you're a little late, my friend. But alas, they came out with statements um, and the sporting world has, uh, you know, I, I guess responded actively to the situation, whether we like the response or not. However, excluded from that mix was CrossFit and CrossFit HQ. Uh, The lack of response escalated after Seattle's Rocket Community Fitness, which was previously known as uh, Rocket CrossFit, they were a CrossFit affiliate, they shared an email chain between the uh, owner of uh, said affiliate and the CEO Glassman, where she was expressing concern over the lack of response from CrossFit to the movement or to the issue of the time, Glassman allegedly replied, uh, I will censor the bad words, (laughs) he said, you're doing your best to brand us as racist and you know it's BS. That makes you a really S-H-I-T-T-Y person? Do you understand that? You've let your politics warp you into something that strikes me as wrong to the point of being evil. Okay, so, you know, very, very charged response there from Mr. Glassman. We'll continue. The national scandal came after Glassman responded to a tweet from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. The tweet stated, quote, racism and discrimination are critical public health issues that demand an urgent response. Glassman responded, "Uh, it's Floyd 19. Oh, oh, wow. Yikes. Like just, uh, you know. Wow, yikes. Uh, When called out, he doubled down uh, and he said he was trying to stick it to IHME because they were, quote, using invalidating models resulting in needless economy wrecking, life wrecking lockdown. Uh, So, you know, 
uh, more snowballing with that. The snowball continues even more. A CrossFit affiliate owner in North Carolina posted a Medium post claiming that Glassman had said in a Zoom call the previous day that he, quote, does not mourn George Floyd and that he said that repeatedly. Uh, This was enough for that North Carolina affiliate to basically end his association with CrossFit entirely, even at the expense of the success of his business. And this became a trend after all of these quotes and uh, posts and tweets Affiliates, including three of the most prominent CrossFit locations in the country, CrossFit Invictus, CrossFit South Brooklyn, and CrossFit New England, all stopped being CrossFit affiliates. So they're still gyms with a sort of CrossFit model, but have removed the CrossFit name. This is hundreds of these. And it was as much a business decision as a moral decision for them because the business outcomes are not positive. Uh, Many of the referrals and the findings of these places in the first place are because of the CrossFit name. So now, removing that, it is absolutely going to take a hit to their reach and their business. But there were some quotes in the men's health piece that I got most of the basic information on this story from. Uh, I encourage you to go read it. It's very in-depth and adds more context than we're going to get into here. But the quotes basically walk through that moral argument. Basically, the affiliates were saying things along the lines of, Yes, this is going to impact my business, but I knew that I wouldn't feel right continuing to associate myself with this brand name if this is the way that the company and the owner or the CEO view the movement or view the political moment. Uh, And also, there were some responses that were, you know, a little more brand strategic, but still saying like, hey, the people in our community are 100% pro Black Lives Matter, so, you know... Uh, it's going to hurt our business to not uh, disaffiliate from you, basically. So because of all of this, now Glassman is gone and CrossFit has lost hundreds of affiliates across the nation because of his response, because of the company's lack of response, uh, and because now business owners had to make a very crucial social decision on what matters to me more as a business owner in this moment? Mm-hmm. Getting the brand affiliation, doing the business decision, or sticking with my gut, my moral decision, and my values. So, you know, just kind of a microcosm of what I think a lot of people individually are feeling right now, and I'm sure a lot of businesses are having to grapple with. So what are y'all's thoughts? Yeah, um, I'll try to keep my answer here short because I don't have a lot of nice or constructive things to say about it. But <laughs> I think that the big takeaway is is that you know what happened uh, with him leaving and resigning and, and giving up his post is uh, what needed to happen. If not, you know that needed to be uh, I think forced upon him by um, you know other shareholders or board members or whatever the case may be in the CrossFit um, ownership structure. But the, the here's the real point here of this is 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 um, you know we're, we're, what we're talking about here is a First Amendment type of discussion where is what your ideas as a human or as a person or as you know your your personal ideologies where does that end when you are the owner um, the head operator um, and the the kind of ship. Uh, uh, leader of an organization um where does where where do your views and where do the company views um mesh and and cross over and kind of how how do those become something that isn't just your opinion but now uh, a representation of your organization and uh, directly to the people that you're responsible for and when you're in that that leadership role when you have something like that uh it's 
it's not to say that you don't have the same First Amendment rights as people. You have the right to say what you want to, um, but those the response to that is going to be um, in in turn with you know the the sentiment of of what it is that you said. So um, I you know there, there's probably going to be people that that defend this concept of, oh, well, you can say whatever you want. I'm sorry that you got offended by it, but you know, I, I have that right. And sure, whatever. But the response that people are going to have to that, the, the fact that people are going to not be affiliated with you anymore, um, the fact that people are going to talk about it on you know their weekly podcasts like we are, um, those are the types of repercussions that you just have to come to expect. Um, and when it starts to take a big hit on your business and now is cutting into uh, profitability, to relationships, to client retention and customer retention, um, you know, then you've started to see on paper I and mean, it's measurable that you can't operate like that. So if you're not going to change your mind to stop operating out of a place of, of hate for personal reasons um, and you're the CEO of a company – I, can I at least try to implore you to do it for financial reasons and, and just to stop saying those things? So um, for any business owner or anybody that might have, you know, a tread of sympathy for this scenario on on um, his end, I that's just what I want to leave you with. You know, and I, I think it's interesting for people that that operate these gyms, you know, the the. Um, the franchises, I guess you would call it, or uh, affiliates is is the word you were using, Daniel. It's it's really interesting to me the fact that you know these are all people that th- these aren't full time jobs operating these types of gyms, right? So th- they are um, people that have other jobs, have other lives, have other things that they are doing, and have other relationships. And so it, it strikes me just as so interesting to me that that somebody who has built this empire. Um, and created this this behemoth in the world of working out could be so, I guess, tone deaf to the fact that you have people from all kinds of different backgrounds that own these affiliates that um, that are working with you and kind of relying on you to just be decent um, and to to miss out on that and to to I guess be so thick on this issue that that's his response. I don't know. It's, it's just very, very striking to me, maybe just how out of touch that he was with the business that he had created and the way that it had maybe grown outside of maybe his comprehension of what it was, because just to have that kind of response and to be having those types of interactions, he had to have thought he was bulletproof. And Mm -hmm. I think in those moments where people feel bulletproof, you see exactly who they are. And in this case, we saw who this guy was. And I think I'm I'm very happy that he is no longer the CEO of CrossFit. And but they still have some damage control to do. And I I feel for the people that uh, have invested in these types of uh, these affiliates and that sort of thing. Cause I, I have a feeling that they did not know who they were getting into business with. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel bad for them in this case. But from his perspective, I just don't understand how that's the mindset that you can carry into the business that he has. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, when you're responsible for the, the, the face and the voice of your company, you're responsible for everybody under that umbrella, you know? So, so when you start to, to bring in this, this question of, um, you know, oh, this is first amendment. Um, it's really not because you're speaking now on behalf of everybody in your organization. Um, and that's, uh, 
that's a, a line of responsibility and trust and a contract that you have with with everybody that you, that you employ, that you're affiliated with, that you uh, serve as a customer um, to not breach. And um, it just seems like a no brainer to me. Um, but guys, if, if anybody here is listening that feels like they need that explained to them, I implore you, please listen to that. You are responsible for the well-being of everyone in your organization, um, you know, un- under an umbrella of responsibility that you have, and and keep that in mind. You are not separate from the things that that uh, bind you to those people socially, um, and just uh, you know, on an emotional level. So. I also think there can be a lot of reactionary responses often to moves like this, where it's like, how dare the snowflakes get someone fired, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, this is, you know, I can't believe these companies are caving to these, you know, these baby libs. How how dare they, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, isn't this also kind of the the free market vibe that is often claimed that, hey, the free market will sort itself out. If people don't like something about the company, there shouldn't be regulation. The company will just go under because people don't want it anymore, Mm -hmm. right? That is basically exactly what's happening here. Society is moving in a direction uh, that I would consider positive. I know that's an opinion, uh, but, you know, if you want to argue with me, hit me up. Would love to do that. Um, however, you know, the, it, the company responds accordingly, um, affiliates and customers are not happy and therefore they push back on it. And then the company responds in a way that listens to those concerns, right? Um, structurally, you know, is the culture that Glassman was bringing to CrossFit ingrained in the company in deeper ways? Who knows? I really cannot say, and I'm not going to claim either way, but I think it is, um, you know, it's it's important to look at who are your leaders, who is guiding the business, uh, how much do we want to really be affiliated with said person uh, in brand and image, and do we need to make concessions for who someone is personally or, uh, you know, who they are politically uh, because they have a good product or because we like their business, right? Ah, it doesn't matter if they say X, whatever, you know, their brand of whatever doesn't reflect any of that. It has nothing to do with that, so I don't really care. They could be, you know, the devil incarnate, and I'm still going to, you know, buy their product. I don't care, right? Is that mentality conducive to uh, companies, I guess actually like finding authentic engagement with the communities that they sell to and not just treating people like consumers, but like we were saying earlier, actual human beings. So, Mm. you know, I I think this is a, an example of positive growth for a brand and company. Um, I think it's a great example of how you should handle uh, social and business balance and I also, I guess, just urge businesses to, you know, not worry as much about the balance. Uh, you know, I think the world overall is moving in a direction of authenticity. And throughout these protests, you know, we saw several statements from companies that I'm sure people had varying opinions, but I know there were many that I saw that I read and were like, this is saying nothing, this means nothing, and uh, at the end of the day, they just felt pressure to say something, and now they're going to move on and never bring it up again. Obviously not great. Um, But 
the fact that they even felt pressure to say something in the first place is like, wow, okay. Um, you know, brands feel like they have some, uh, I guess, need to respond to these kinds of things, which I think goes to show that the blurring lines between, oh, we can't bring politics into any other aspect of our lives is kind of dissipating. And, uh, I think we just need to continually challenge that as it dissipates for it not to become surface level, super partisan, and um, devoid of substance. But if the introduction of social issues, societal issues, you know, broader empathy for human beings not being something that is a politically charged sentiment, of that being brought into the workplace or being vocalized by brands, companies, and, and even small businesses... Uh, you know, we want to encourage that in a positive way and not in a way that is going to uh, kind of just further atomize our society so that companies just signal when they feel like it and then move on. That's also not something we want. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries.